Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Whiskey Talk from the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. I'm Richard Gosselin, editor of the Society's members magazine, Unfiltered. Right now, I'm sitting at home in a state of what the UK government calls social distancing due to the ongoing situation with coronavirus. I don't know about you, but I definitely need a break from reading more and more and more about the pandemic. Well, if I were to find a more soothing, enjoyable, agreeable and informative voice than Charlie McLean's, I haven't encountered it yet. I was fortunate enough to sit down with Charlie a while back to get his thoughts on being a long-term member of the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society's secretive tasting panel, his role as its occasional chairperson, and his approach to evaluating and tasting whiskey, specifically the Society's cask strength drams taken from a single cask. In short, it's a Society masterclass courtesy of one of the whiskey industry's true legends. Pour yourself a dram, preferably from a society bottling, and enjoy. Now, over to Charlie. Hi, I am Charlie McLean. I have been chairing panels at the Malt Whiskey Society since 1992. Um, and I'm here to talk to you a little bit about how we approach whiskey and really how I think you should enjoy it. So really, how the panel works and how I think you might best enjoy the whiskies that we discover for you. First thing to remember is that they are all single cask bottlings um, and they're bottled at natural strength. Natural strength is the strength at which they come out of the cask. As you may know, most whiskies are reduced in strength before going into the bottle. Commonly 40%, now more common 42, 46, whatever. The key thing about bottling at high strength is that the higher strength alcohols holds in flavor. Flavor, by the way, remember, is a combination of smell, taste, and texture. We'll talk about this as we go along. Uh, but flavor, but high strength alcohol holds flavor in better. So if you bottle, if you reduce the strength on the bottling line, a lot of the molecules that contribute to flavor disappear, they become volatile. If you bottle at high strength uh, and then add water in the glass, and, you should, and we'll talk about that as well because you should always do that, in my view, um, then you get the benefit of the volatile um, um, molecules when you smell, and perhaps even more important, it makes it much easier to taste, to hold in the mouth, okay? So that's the first thing. They're, 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 they're bottled at high strength. They come from individual distilleries um, and they come from uh, single casks. Now, because, well, from way back at the beginning, the industry was, was um, and still is to a degree, um, a little bit nervous about independent bottlers naming the, the, the whiskey when they don't have quality control over what's going into the bottle. Some, some distillers are, they were absolutely adamant about not allowing the name, the, the bottle to be named. And so out of courtesy, in the very early days, in the early 80s, when the society was founded, um, it was resolved that the, the, the name should not be made, but that each distillery should be given a number. And so the number of, of the distillery appears 
and then following that is the cask number. So this one that I'm looking at here is distillery number 29, cask number 241, which means that I don't know what distillery number 29 is, might have a guess later, but here, but 241 casks of this whiskey from that distillery have been bottled since the foundation of the, of the society. Okay, so we don't declare the, 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 the name of the distillery. Um, and that's, so this is help, help for how, how to read the label, as it were. So the samples come to the nosing panel looking a bit like this. Do you see? And um, we assess them as a panel. I'm going to use this example. So everybody gets a wee shot. Um, and the first thing that I ask them to do is to consider the appearance of the whiskey. Now, appearance is actually, you, the main thing about appearance is color, but there are other aspects um, as well. So when we look at the color, um, that tells us a lot about how the whiskey has been matured, what kind of cask it's been matured in. Um, this has got a very nice, deep golden color, which I would su it suggests to me that it's been it's been matured in um, American ex-bourbon casks. It's the oak that's the important thing, American oak as opposed to European oak. Um, European oak, that's more the sort of color you would get from European oak, this much deeper color. Um, the, and this golden color. And then of course, the more times, may I just lean over here? That is an example of uh, American oak refill cask. Because of course, the more time the cask is filled, the paler the whiskey becomes. The, co the color comes from tannins in the wood, and the more time the cask is filled, the less tannins are left in the wood. So I'm saying, I don't yet know what the age of this is, but it could be, it could be a first fill ex-bourbon, I would say, or rather American oak. The, the bourbon is not as important as the oak. Bourbon is invariably filled into um, American white oak. Okay, but the second thing we do is then to what I encourage the, the panel to do is to shake the bottle. But you see, if you, shake a, if you shake a bottle at high strength, you get this foam on the top. This is called beading. And that, you don't get this beading unless the liquid is over approximately 50% alcohol. You don't get higher beading at higher strength, but you don't get any beading below about 50%. And so the first thing it tells you is that the whiskey is over 50% alcohol. Okay, let's try, and try it in the glass. See, it's beading. There's this foam. If you, if you were to shake a bottle, sta standard bottling strength, if you were to shake it, um, it just fizzes up and disappears immediately. But the second thing that beading tells you is if it lingers, this hasn't, which is interesting, if it lingers and clings to the surface of the liquid, it indicates that the whiskey has a bit of age because there are oils that come out of the wood and they, they hold the bubbles. The bubbles tend to be slightly bigger and they hold the bubbles on the, the surface, the beads on the surface. So you can learn, you can learn an awful lot. Uh, so you can learn first about the color. If it's very pale, it's a refill cask. If it's extremely pale, it's probably an exhausted cask. And one of the things that we are asked to do as a panel is to recommend to the society whether the bottle, the cask is ready for bottling now, 
whether it should be re-racked into a different cask, a more active cask, or whether it should just be left for another five or ten years. Um, so the, but this you see clearly has been, that this has got beautiful colour, um, it, it clearly doesn't need to be re-racked and of course the nose confirms that. The third thing about appearance is the legs, which frankly isn't that important, but if the legs, the dribbles that run down, these are called legs, sometimes they're called tears, um, if they're slow running and thick, um, this indicates that the liquid will have texture, a nice, rich, oily texture, mouth filling it's called. You see, this is doing that. Lovely, slow running. If, it's, if they're skinny and fast running, less texture, nothing wrong with the whiskey, but it won't have as much mouthfeel, as much texture in the mouth. So there's three things you can learn just by looking at the whiskey. And indeed, if you're looking at, um, when I'm sometimes asked to judge competitions where I'm looking at many, many whiskies, you can learn an awful lot just by looking at them, by the colour, you know. And indeed some, you can take a quick sniff and you know that they're, 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 they're no good. They're not ready for, for, for bottling. Um, okay, second stage, most important stage, is nosing. You are assessing the aroma. The first, the first assessment is called the nose feel effect. What physical effect does the, the, the whiskey have, the aroma have on the nose? Is it drying? Is it cooling? Is it sharp, prickly, uh, warming? Um, and it's, I mean, it's really an assessment, by and large, it's an assessment of, of uh, the alcohol, but also the spice that might be in the, in the, in the individual dram. This is quite mild, but it's got a, a, a certain spiciness at the back. Spiciness or nose feel effect is useful when it comes to judging how much water to add. I mentioned that you should always add water, I mean, or, or almost invariably add water. You want to add enough, in my view, add enough to take off that prickle when it comes to, to adding, adding water. So then you look at the aroma. Now this is overall, it's got a top note of sort of burnt caramel, a mid note of um, scorched wood, I would say, and then a base note, frankly, of smoke. This is a smoky whiskey, a phenolic um, whiskey. I would guess probably an Isla whiskey, but the, um, we'll see. So it's a relatively simple nose, we're looking for, you can run through your mind, um, the, I mean, this one's quite easy to describe, some are much more difficult to describe. It's very difficult to describe aroma, um, and it comes with practice, you know. And it's just for fun, for goodness sake, the, um, you know, for sharing with friends, you know, sort of, do you get this? No. Do you get this? Yeah, maybe. And, uh, and it's often, smells tr trigger memories, and particularly memories of childhood. It's extraordinary how... At some panels, um, people will they'll come up with a. I've I've been at panels where, where tears have come to come to the, the eyes of panelists um, when they're taken straight back to some distinct memory of childhood. It may have been, you know, Christmas at their granny's, or um, you know, far, firework night, or um, sweeties. A lot of childhood sweets, some of them no longer available, 
um, will take people to, you, they can smell them, spangles, you know, refreshers, um, uh, take them straight back to, to mem memories of childhood. Um, so this is very much part of the, the, the enjoyment um, that the, you, if, there, if there are smells there which, rem, which remind you of things. That we, and when we say, when we, well, I mean, let's take fruity. Fruity is a very common descriptor for Speyside whiskies in particular. And so you'd smell it and you'd say, fruity. And then I'll say to the panel, right, are we talking dry fruit, fresh fruit, citric fruit, tinned fruit, cooked fruit, baked apples, you know. Um, and I try and get them to, to, to narrow down. So it's fruity and then narrow down. It's all, it's all part of the fun, but it's also very useful for, the, for me uh, as the chair or the other chairs of panels who have to write up the notes. And by the way, the notes are not just invented by us. Well, they come from the panelists and there's a discussion. And obviously if somebody gets something which is really weird and which no, nobody else gets, then you know, I won't, I won't put it down on my, on my list of descriptors. But if there is, if there is a, an agreement, and there's often a lot of discussion and refinement, you know, and some pretty wacky descriptors, but nevertheless, which are just spot on, you know. And even descriptors that, you know, that you, the, the viewer, uh, or, or I, I mean, the souk in, um, you know, Jerusalem, you know. Um, well, I mean, I actually have been in the souk in Jerusalem, but the... the um, um, the bazaar in, in Tangiers, I've never been there. But I can imagine the smell of hot sand and spice and, you know, camel dung, you know, all the other things that, it's called a portmanteau term. So you can, you can it, it immediately creates an image, um, which even for those of us who haven't experienced it, my grandfather's motor car, you know, rubber, leather, um, uh, a bit of sort of um, exhaust fumes, you know, doors. That, that, that descriptor reminds me of, of car sickness. So it's not for me a very nice um, descriptor, but, the, um, um, but these, these portmanteau terms are all legitimate, you know. But you've got to try, my job, the, the, the chair's job, is to try and be, try and be accurate. It's, it's subjective, these notes, the subjective, but there has to be a degree of objectivity. So finally, having done the Having written the 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 the, the, the aroma note, notes, we then uh, well then we we taste straight. I always think it's a good idea to have a sip of water before tasting straight, just to coat the palate. What you're looking for here is first mouthfeel effect. We talked about nose feel effect. We want mouthfeel effect, the actual physical effect the liquid is having in the mouth. Again, it might be uh, drying. It might be um, uh, prickly, uh, it might, it, well, just the physical effect, it has cooling, you know, so I'll try this one. And of course, it, the principal thing is texture. This is oily, oily texture, smooth, you know, slips down ni nicely. Um, I'm wincing because it's got a distinctly peppery um, finish. So then having, having just thought about that, we then try and identify primary tastes. Sweet, sour, salty and bitter and umami, but we won't talk about umami because it's, it's, it's broadly speaking, it's savoury. Sweetness tends to be picked up on the front of the tongue, acidity and saltiness at the sides of the tongue 
and uh, sweet sour acidity is, 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 is a wine term for sour sweet sour salty and bitter bitter is is not generally desirable but it can be it can be fine for, for fresh you know dryness and also peatiness smoke um, medicinal these you pick up the back they're not primary taste so what I'm going to do is have another sip and just very basically um, th think of these these the distribution of primary tastes I'm moving the liquid around my mouth very light sweetness there's a there is an engagement at the sides of the tongue which is slightly acidic and also slightly salty uh, there's an overall kind of caramel um, feeling so that sweetness um, uh, translates into a sort of caramel taste and then at the back smoke you tend to pick up these phenols these smoky uh, tastes as you swallow and then we think of the finish this has got a medium to long finish and then it's a long aftertaste and the aftertaste is, is really of ash sort of smoky lingering aftertaste works with everything's nicely and bounced very nice dramas so that I'd have, have got that to the panel to talk about that then I would add a little water as I say enough water to take off the nose prickle swell it and you see the the interesting thing is that the addition of water tends to change the aroma in this case in this case it's rather flattened it but at the same time it's brought up um, it's more woody it's more spicy and if anything it's the, the nature of the smoke has the spiciness has really increased it's it's really as peppery now um, um, yeah it's the, the the nature of the smoke it's more like wood smoke now and then taste again and this time you can hold it it's a good idea to hold the liquid in your mouth for longer than you usually would rather than just sort of drink it and but hold it hold it hold it um, you know, coach your whole palate and think of those primary tastes and what are what are you tasting you know hmm. sweetness is fractionally increased the smokiness has increased the spiciness um, has decreased in the mouth uh, and the saltiness has decreased so you're getting a slight change in the um, in the the well combined these things appearance well particularly um, smell taste and texture this is called flavor profile so the flavor profile of this particular whiskey has changed subtly um, even in the time that I've been tasting it and then aftertaste a pleasant aftertaste lingering lingering smoke um, and if I hadn't been so greedy um, you would then set the glass aside if you were doing a proper analysis and go when it's a, as a panel we would we I would, I would encourage them to leave it a little bit and then go back at the end 
and smell again. Not necessarily taste, but smell again. Oh, no. Pencil boxes. It's changed already, but so then you evaluate by nose the um, what's called the development. That's how it goes. And then you set, settle back and you just pour yourself another one and simply enjoy it. You know. Analysis over. You know. uh, yes, um, the masses over, go forth in peace. Great stuff, Charlie. Hope you all enjoyed that and we'll be back before too long with more Whiskey Talk. In the meantime, you can find much more whiskey knowledge and stories on the unfiltered page at smws.com. Until the next time, stay safe and cheers.